Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. All right, if you have your Bibles this morning... Uh, go to Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to be there in just a moment. When you came in this morning, you should have received a resource card along with your bulletin. And I'm going to be referring to that this morning. So uh, kind of keep that, uh, keep that handy. So the series is called Follow Me. Why this series? I just think it's important in this moment uh, in this moment of our, our church uh, to talk about how we can get closer to Jesus and follow him in a greater way. I mentioned last week, I wrote the notes for this last April. I had this in my heart and just had some things down, put it in a document and saved it because I just waiting for the right opportunity, which I feel like is now. We saw God do some powerful things in our midst last year and learning, growing, and discipleship and powerful moves of God's supernatural power, they go hand in hand. So I want to take this moment to, uh, to, about to uh, uh, present this series. So we want to explore in a greater way the meaning of Jesus' invitation to follow me. That's what he said. Uh, so the context of follow me when Jesus says that is... Stay close to me. Stay close. Watch. Learn. Observe. Ask questions. That's the the context when Jesus says, follow me. So in this series, what does the term follow me mean? It means to be a follower, to be a follower of Jesus is to make a lifelong commitment to learn and live out his teachings. So a lifelong follower means it is continual. There's cure, there's hunger throughout the, the, the different stages of your spiritual life and, and development. There's a curiosity about God's word and the and the Holy Spirit. It's not seasonal. This hunger, it's not situational. It doesn't matter how old you are or how long you've been serving the Lord. It's a lifelong, a lifelong commitment uh, to uh, to learn, to learn, and to live out His teaching. So, learning means it's discovery through the Scripture, reading. And reading the scripture and listening like to sermons and being a part of group learning so that you can have a better comprehension of the Bible and the precepts of the Bible. It also means to live out his teachings as well. So this means uh, application and lifestyle change. We're not just trying to learn a bunch of biblical facts, but we want to allow it to change how we think, how we speak, how we act. So, so as we do that, man, God begins to transform our life and, and our hearts. So it means to be a, a follower of Jesus, to make a lifelong commitment to learn and live out his teachings. So in the series, we're looking for what the Bible says about following Jesus, what Jesus says. He gives a pathway. You want to know me? Here's the pathway. We'll talk about that today. But also maybe common habits and behaviors and priorities of those that follow Jesus as well. So I have two primary audiences that I want to speak to in this series. Now it's for everyone, but I'm kind of shaping some of the content for two primary audiences. One is uh, young adults. So if you're a young adult and you're new to faith in Jesus, we want you to know Jesus personally and intimately. So we want you to know it's not just salvation, but there's a life of, of unfolding life and man, you can know Jesus in a greater way. Now to young adults, you may or may not have been raised in the church. So some of this may be new to you. A lot of, of those that are 35 years in age or under weren't raised in the church. So they're not sure what it means to follow Jesus and to live out his commandments. So I want you to know through the series, we want to provide a pathway so that you can know and follow Jesus in a greater way. And I want to say too to young adults, if you're not watching what's going on at Asbury Seminary, Lee College, all across the nation, I believe God's moving in the hearts of young adults 
adults. If you're, if you're an Instagram person, go to Asbury Collegian. I started following them this week. God is doing something amazing in young adults who will open their heart. You don't have to have a lot of biblical knowledge. You just be open to what God is doing. And uh, so I, I just think we see on college campuses God doing something in the lives of young adults. So that's the first, the first audience. The second, maybe you're a little older. Maybe you've been in, in the faith a while and you've accepted Jesus as your Savior. But maybe, maybe you've drifted and the passion for your faith has faded. Doesn't mean you've turned your back on God or you've become atheist at all. Just I'm just talking about, you know, maybe you've drifted. He's not first in your life anymore. Maybe your, your priorities have shifted. Maybe you look back or you look at where you're at spiritually now and you look back five or ten years ago the way you were serving God and you realize, man, there's been, you know, maybe some drift and some fade. So I want you to know and jump back on this path because we want you to know Jesus in his fullness as well. So last week we started the series, Follow Me, and we, and we just presented Follow Me begins with an initial life-changing encounter for Jesus. You just don't jump in the parade, okay? You start at the beginning, and that's knowing him and following him and having a life-changing encounter with Jesus. We talked about Matthew last week when the Lord said, follow me. So that was the first thing we talked about. And then the next part was follow me means following Jesus' example of being baptized in water. We talked about that last week. You're going to see that demonstrated and displayed uh, at the end of service. Also throughout this series, we have resources for you as well. There's a resource table in the foyer. Last week, I gave out I Am a Christian uh, book like, uh, man, it talks about servanthood and discipleship and growing in your faith. Uh, we, gave, we gave all of those out last week. We have some new ones. If you want to reboot your faith. If you missed it last week, if you're a young adult, uh, these are free for you. So I want to mention that as well. There's some discipleship resources, some printed handouts as well at the resource table. Kind of fill in the blank, fill those out. Also, if you feel like, man, as you're rebooting your faith, you need a coach or a mentor or somebody to kind of walk with you, let us know. We would love to kind of make walk this journey with you uh, as you're getting closer to Jesus and following him. So through the series, we're looking at the times that Jesus said, follow me, and kind of what that means. So Matthew chapter 4 talks about when Jesus called Peter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not do the reading this morning. I want to show you a clip, just kind of amplify it just a little bit of this moment. Watch this. Put that down for a catch. Farther out. I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. But we've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. That's your word.
That's uh, Jesus' call of Peter, and then just a little later with his uh, brothers, uh, James and John. So that's Jesus' invitation, follow me. What does that mean? So Jesus just doesn't tell us to follow him, but he tells us how we can do this as well. We're going to use Jesus' words this morning as he invites us to follow him and get closer to him. So today we talked about the initial life-changing encounter and water baptism last week. Today, follow me with regular times of personal worship, scripture reading, and prayer. Okay, Jesus gives an invitation for these things and tells us how he wants us to do this, that we can know him better. So the first part, follow and know Jesus better through worship. Follow and know Jesus better through worship. What is worship? An expression of reverence and adoration, giving gratitude and thanksgiving to God. Okay, so that's a kind of a very generic or a simple definition of worship. So Jesus was having this discussion in John chapter 4 with this woman about, about worship. And Jesus said, and he kind of gives us the pathway of worship in our lives. So Jesus said, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain or in Jerusalem. Yet there is a time coming and has now come when the true when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is a spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So he says to her, first of all, worship as you know it is about to change. And that change is happening now. The place of worship is no longer important. The geographical location, people were going to Jerusalem, if you were Jewish, to worship at the temple. This woman was debating with him. She had a, another temple that they, that they worshiped at. So he's saying the place, the location, the geographical location of worship is not important anymore. The style of worship, formal, informal, your, your musical likes, it's not. That's not important to worship. He said this about worship. When we worship, we worship in spirit. We worship in spirit. That is a, a very simple definition. Deep from within our hearts, okay? So when we worship, it's not ceremonial. There's a supernatural, mystical component to worship. It comes deep from our hearts, deep from our soul. It is intimate. It is emotional. It is relational. It's not just ceremonial where you stand and you're just kind of, you know, present. This is something that is flowing from the heart of a person. Not half-hearted, but we are pouring our heart out to God. When we worship, we worship in spirit from our heart. And then he said, when we worship, we worship in truth. 
We worship in truth. That is accepting the revelation of Jesus and honoring his sacrifice on the cross. I talked about it the other week, that worship is the song of the redeemed. That's what, that's, that's what we do. That's what we sing. So in worship, the object of worship is Jesus. The one that is being worshiped is Jesus. So this is not the moment when you're in worship that it's, that it's uh, time for petitions or prayer prayer request or confession or thanksgiving. When we come for worship, we are mindful of the sacrificial lamb when we come. Revelation says, uh, behold the lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. When we worship, we are with on our minds, we are conscious of the cross, Calvary, the broken body, the shed blood, his victorious exit from the grave, which is the resurrection from the dead and his ascension that's that's what worship is it's the focus of that it's not just a song on the screen excuse me that you just kind of recite a few words it is a song that comes from our heart he said if you want to worship me do it in spirit deep emotional and relational and in truth, the truth of God's word aligning with Jesus. And he said, the Father's looking for those kind of worshipers. He's looking. He's watching for those kind of worshipers. It's not just standing and reciting a few words. Not just coming to a church on Sunday morning. He's saying worship is much deeper and much more emotional than that. Now, challenges, challenges when I worship. So if you're new... You know, this may, this may help you just a little bit. What do I say or do in the moment when it's time to worship and you're by yourself? You don't have Brent here. You know, now you can call Brent. He might come to your house. You feed him. I promise you he'll come. All right. But you're, you're alone. It's your time of worship. What do I do in that moment? You can share or sing to the Lord what's on your heart. This is a very personal moment. It's not formal. You can't mess this up, okay? It is giving praise and thanks to God, to God for God's goodness in your life. So here's what worship. If I ask you, how do you feel about God? How do you feel about God? And you just started telling me how you felt about the Lord, I would go, that's worship. That's worship. Just direct that toward him. So it's not some big ceremony. It's not some big formula. You, you don't have to get the words right. You don't have to speak in British, even though it does sound a little more holy when you have a British accent. I've seen that on movies, all right? You don't have to do that. Worship is simply a reflection of how you feel to God. Sometimes there's a song. Sometimes you just want to sing a song. It's on your heart. Sing it! If there's a song in your heart, just sing it. Let it, let it go, all right? Just, just sing it, all right? Or it can just be in silence. So it's just a reflection of your heart, how you feel to the Lord. Another question. If you knew, do I have to sing? Do I have to listen to music? No, that's up to you. It can be silent. It can be a silent moment that you just sit and you're just reflected, you know, just reflecting on God. It's a private moment. You know, you can sing if you want to. You can listen to music. So silent singing, listening to worship music, focusing your attention on the Lord are appropriate. However you want to do it. You know, we know you like to sing, you know, because everybody leads worship in the shower, right? We're all great in the shower. You know you sing, your family hears you down the hall, sound like you're injured or something like that. So, uh, so, so sing if you want to sing, play music if you want to play music. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, that's your, that's your moment. How you want to construct that moment is up to you. And then I would just say, when we pray, remember to make room for worship. A lot of times when we go for a few minutes of prayer, we have burdens on our heart. And man, we're just, we're just going with those burdens. That's fine. But you need to make, make a little space. Make a little room up front. Sing. Read scripture. Read the Psalms. Play a, play a song. Sing a song. Be reflective. Have a, have a moment of worship up front. Now, on your resource list this week, we've got a resource for you. It's called the Follow Me Worship Resource. We put together five songs that are appropriate for, you know, uh, you know, for uh, prayer and worship. 
Uh, you can find it on our uh, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube. If you look on that card, we got the QR code. These are just these are these are uh, songs that are just really focused on prayer. Okay, you got the QR code up there. So, man, before you pray, if you want to use some of that, just use it. Some great worship to bring you into God's presence. So, just want to mention that to you. So, if you want to follow Jesus and know Jesus, worship. He said, "Worship me." In spirit and in truth, and I'm looking for that kind of worship. The next, the next part, if you want to follow and know Jesus better, or follow and know Jesus better through scripture reading, through scripture reading, what did Jesus say about the scriptures? <clears throat> well, Jesus quoted the word himself. He quoted the word, all right? He was a person of the scripture. He quotes the Old Testament an estimated 48 times out of 13 different books. That's amazing because he was not living in the app era. He was living in the scroll era. All right? And you didn't have Bibles at home or the scrolls. You had them at the temple. You had to go to the temple. You had to get permission. They say that the, the scroll of Isaiah was 16 feet long. 16 feet long. Can you imagine? And it's not indexed. You don't scroll through and go to chapter 23 of Isaiah. You don't look it up. It's not listed like that. So you got to figure it out. So I want to go to chapter 23. So that'd be 67 rolls to the left and one half to the back. All right. And then somebody comes behind you and they want to read out of chapter 50 and it's missed you all up the next time that you want to that you want to read. So I'm just saying. The quotations of Jesus during the time of the scrolls, him 48 quotations out of 13 different books, that shows you an amazing reverence for God's word considering the era, the scroll era that he was, lit, that he was uh, uh, raised in. But he knew the word, he quoted the word, man of temptation. What does he do when he finds his greatest temptation? It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on the word that comes from the mouth of God. It is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So Jesus himself, if there was anyone that didn't need to read and memorize, it was probably Jesus. But Jesus memorized the scripture and then he spoke the scripture. He spoke the word. Jesus quoted the word. He preached the word. They gathered, Mark 2 says, they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left even outside the door. He preached the word to them. There were many times after Jesus preached, if you'll remember, that they, that they went, man, he preaches with an authority. There's a power that comes upon him when he, when, uh, when he preaches. So he, he preached the word, taught the word on multiple occasions. Jesus warned us about not knowing the word. Matthew 22, he said, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures, <clears throat> excuse me, or the power of God. So if you want to keep yourself straight, keep yourself in God's will, you need to know the scripture. Jesus also displayed a blessed life from having the word. He told the parable of the farmer who threw the seed on four different kinds of soil. Remember the, the story? So some of the seed fell on hard ground and gave no root. Some other seed fell in, in, um, in, a, in a ground that had lots of rocks. Some had lots of weeds and they did not give off the fruit that they should. But he said there was seed that fell on good ground. And when it did, it came up and grew and produced a crop uh, multiplying 30, 60, and 100 times. So he's just saying there is a power that comes in God's word when you plant it in your heart. And man, you generally got some things going spiritually in your life. That there is a life-changing fruit that comes from hearing and receiving the word of God. So Jesus gives us the pathway said, if you want to follow me, you can do it through scripture reading. <clears throat> so here's some challenges people face when reading and studying the scripture. Challenges people face when reading and studying the scripture, especially if you're new. All right. So culturally, people do not read as frequently as they used to. And when they do read, they don't, leave, they don't read long, you know, articles. I mean, like articles have shrunk, magazine articles, newspaper articles, because people 
aren't readers. Culturally, we don't read as frequently or read as much. So that's just everybody in general. So it creates a little, a little obstacle here if you're not a reader, you know, to read, you know, to read the Bible. So there's a kind of a, a challenge that we have when we talk about Bible reading just culturally. So uh, a, a few questions. I don't understand what I'm reading. I don't understand what I'm reading. All right, I'll talk about that in just a moment. I don't know where to start or what to do while I'm reading. <clears throat> I'll, I want to answer part of that. So if you're new to the Bible, here's my rec- re- uh, recommendation. You start with the Gospel of Luke. You read Luke. You go straight and read the book of Acts. They're all stories. They're stories of Jesus' life, the Christmas story, you know, uh, the, 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 the work of the Holy Spirit. Read those back-to-back Luke and Acts. And then I say, read the book of James. It's five chapters about life and behavior and the, the transformation that God has. So if you don't know where to start, don't start at Genesis. Don't start at Genesis. I know that's what we do at every book, but you're going to get to Leviticus and you're going to be calling me in the middle of the night going, what is going on? What about the goats? What about this? Start with Luke, then go to Acts, then read the book of James. That's my recommendation to you. Some may say there are words and phrases that I don't understand, okay? But I would say to you, that's not an obstacle. That's not... That's just common every time we learn new information. So if you take a college class, there's going to be words and phrases that you don't understand initially. Uh, if you start a new job, there's going to be words and phrases that you don't understand initially. But that's not an obstacle because there's no words and phrases out here that the simplest person uh, can't comprehend and understand. Please remember, the Bible was not written by scholars. It was written by shepherds and, you know, people that had very little education. So there are not biblical concepts out there that you cannot grasp. But just be patient because you need to learn some of those. But once you learn them, they'll be, they'll be a blessing to you as well. I don't know how to study the Bible and apply its truth to my everyday life. Why am I reading? What's, what's my focus once I read the Scripture? So I want to answer some of these here. So here's some <clears throat> helpful tips, hopefully, about, about Scripture reading. So find an introduction and explanation of each book of the Bible you read to help you better understand the context. So there's all kinds of helps out there. Before you read a book, you know, kind of read, you know, kind of a summary. Now, I've got this. It's called Know Your Bible. It's at the resource table. It's got, it's got an introduction to every book of the Bible. It helps to know who wrote it, when they wrote it, why they wrote it, who they're writing to, and some other information about that. Then when you read, it kind of helps you with the context, and you kind of get a better sense you know, what the author's goal is. That's free at our resource table. Also, it's called the Bible Project. I'll talk about it in just a moment. It's on YouTube. It's a video introduction of every book of the Bible, okay, so that you can see it and you can watch it. It's about four or five minute introduction. And again, it gives you a better context for what you're reading. But always do that. I have that in my study Bible. It's got an introductory notes that that explains exactly what I just said. I read it every time to kind of refresh my mind on the purpose and why I am reading. All right. Uh, Read the same book or passages with someone else and discuss what you read. So I think that's important. If at all possible, get a little, you know, group that reads together. Then you kind of discuss what you're reading. I think that's important as far as kind of digging a little deeper from what you're reading. You can do it by text. You can do it, you know, at coffee. We do this as a staff. We, we've gone through 22, 23 books of the Bible. We read a chapter a day. We'll be here finishing up, uh, I think, Second uh, Samuel in the morning. And uh, we just read the chapter. And then we just go around and go, hey, what stood out to you? You don't have to be a scholar. You know, it's just like what, what got your attention. But working through and studying with somebody can help add some meaning. And it gives somebody else's perspective uh, as well. Read smaller portions of Scripture and focus on the meaning. If you're one of those that says, man, I just can't read a chapter, you know, culturally we're not reading as much information, that's fine. That's fine. Then read a story. Read a half. It doesn't matter to me 
what you read because there's value. There's value in it in everything. If you want to read smaller sections, that's not a problem. But just concentrate and focus. What did I learn out of that? You know, out of that particular section. When reading, also when reading scripture, learn the context and think about how you can apply it to your life. So when you're reading, you're not just trying to get through the material so you can check the box. Everybody hear me? Well, I read the Bible today. And if I ask you 30 minutes later, what'd you read? You'd go, I have really no idea. All right? So we ask ourselves, I mean, what, what jumps out to me? What, what can I learn? What can I walk away with when I'm, when I'm reading the Bible? Also, watch The Chosen. This can be a good resource to learn about the life of Jesus. Now, listen to me very carefully. Uh, there is no substitute for reading God's Word. No substitute for reading God's Word. But for those of you that go, I'm not a reader. I just don't read. I don't read anything. I don't just read the Bible. I don't read anything. Then I would say a good substitute, not a substitute, a good way that you can kind of be familiar with some of that is called The Chosen. It's on your resource list. I'll talk about that in just a second. So it's not a substitute, but maybe as you watch it, you have the Bible with you, and it can help kind of explain some of the things that you were uh, reading. What we saw is just a little episode from The Chosen. So if you don't have a Bible... Today's your day, okay? I got Bibles everywhere on the resource table. They are all free. I've got an NIV study Bible that's free. You go to the resource table, and it's got larger print, you know, for whoever might need that. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I've got the Message Bible out there, free. And, and, and this is the NIV. It's the translation that I read out of. There are other good translations. This is the Message version. It's more of a paraphrase. It's more common language. If you'll read that, that's for free. It's out at the resource table. We have it's called the story. This is a little bit different. It takes the Bible, and it reads like a novel. They kind of shape It's not written, you know, by book. Like the, the Bible is laid out, it's written more like a novel by themes and characters. So it's just a different kind of way uh, to read the Bible if that, if that works for you. Also, we've got the Spanish Bible. Can't leave that out. All right. And it's the Spanish NIV, which I had no idea. I almost bought the wrong thing. So uh, we've, got, we've got all of those Bibles there. They're at the resource table. They are free. If you don't have a Bible, they are free. Also, we've got the Know Your Bible, the introductory uh, uh, introductions to every book. And we've got another book that's free. It's called How to Study the Bible. Okay? Just kind of gives you some ideas on, you know, kind of when you're reading, some just maybe some different ways that you can approach and get, get some good stuff out of the Bible. So a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, I, uh, got a, I got a phone call from a missionary, and he said, hey, I want to thank you uh, for your mission's contribution. We had written a large check or a nice check to them, and he said, I just want to thank you uh, for uh, uh, this, and he said, I, I want to I send you a Bible. I'm like, well, you don't have to do that. He said, well, and he started telling me the leather. It's this certain kind of leather. It's this certain kind of binding. It's this certain kind of ink. And he said, it's $180 value. I said, whoa, whoa, do not send that to me. Take that money and put it back in the mission. He said, well, it's just our way of saying thanks to you. I said, well, nope, you don't owe me thanks, but let this phone call serve as your thanks. If you've got to do that, just put that money back in the mission. I have my own study Bibles. I got my own stuff in my office that I use. Don't send it to me. Well, he thanked me. We got off the phone. Two weeks later, on my desk was a FedEx. I pulled it out. I've never been so angry to get a Bible in my whole life. And that's what I have here, all right? Who in this room doesn't have a Bible? Anybody here? You don't have a Bible. Come here. Come here. Come here. I'll bring it to you. She's afraid to come up here. I'll bring it to you. I'm going to give you a Bible. There you go. I want you to read it. I want you to open your heart up. I believe God's going to do something powerful in your life through the power of God's work. And if I see that in a pawn shop, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> Facebook Marketplace, I'm coming to get you. So, all right. I feel so much better that I gave that Bible away. I didn't open it. I wasn't reading it. I'm just telling you. So, also, there's 
uh, reading resources as well. If you look on your book that will help you understand the Bible. I've already mentioned the Bible Project, introduction to each book of the Bible, the Chosen app. We have two of our classes, our connect groups that are going through the Chosen. You can watch it. There's three seasons. You can watch it on the app, the Bible app installed on 500 million different devices. It's a free Bible in different languages. How many of you have the Bible app? Raise your hand. How many of you? Yeah, I'll look. All across, it's the Bible. The Bible app, it's free. Download it. First five, it's a woman's Bible study and devotional. You get it every day when you, you look at the app. The audio Bible, all right, on BibleGateway.com. For those that are visually impaired or you travel a lot, you can still get the Bible, all right, audio. I use it when I read. So I will play the audio Bible when I read because when I read, I tend to read really fast, okay? And I miss a lot of things. So when I listen to the audio Bible, when I read, it slows me down, okay? Makes me pay attention to things because sometimes when you've read stories over and over, you just Assume that you know the story and you move on. This slows me down, but also there are different emphasis that the reader makes on different words, and there are times that it just helps it to pop and just, you know, kind of kind of stick in my heart. So there are all kinds of reasons for the audio Bible that you can use. Also, there's the YouVersion Daily Scripture. You can sign up for that. They will email you every day a scripture. It's got a devotion. It's got a video that goes with that as well. Lee Nestor's Connect Group, they use that as their, you know, their, their kind of study guide, Sunday morning, 9 o'clock. So there are all kinds of resources out there. If you're not new or familiar with the Bible, there are all kinds of things, you know, that can, that can help you there. So you want to know Jesus? You want to follow Jesus? You want to know him better? You got you to read the scriptures. All right, last part. Follow and know Jesus better through prayer. What did Jesus say about prayer? If anyone didn't need to pray, it was Jesus. All right? But Jesus prayed himself. Matthew 14, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. The gospels are littered. Of, of, of times, Jesus got up early and he stayed up late to pray. Jesus taught us about prayer. It is written, he said, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you're making it a den of robbers. He also said, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you received it and it will be yours. He taught regularly about the importance of prayer. He gave us an example of prayer, okay? Uh, Matthew 6, listen to this. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So he said there are times that your prayer life needs to be a little private. You need, you need some one-on-one -on -one time. Shut the door. Be by yourself. And he said what's done in secret, God will reward you. There's a blessing. There is a blessing for regular prayer. And then he kind of gave us this roadmap. He kind of gave us this very quick prayer that we can pray itself or it serves as a template. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven the sins of others. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So he kind of he gives us a, some ideas, some instruction, and a, and a sample prayer. So it's basically prayer, talking to and listening to God in that moment. Talking to and listening to God. It is a joy, but also there's a discipline part of that as well. I don't always hear angelic you know, choirs when it's time to pray. You don't either. Sometimes you've got to realize, hey, there's some benefit. I'm maybe not feeling it in the moment, but man, I need to... I need to pray. Prayer is rooted in trust and surrender. When we come to God, our hands are empty because we're kneeling before Almighty God. So there's just some implications, important implications when you pray. So challenges to prayer, especially if you're new. I'm not really sure what to do or what to say when we're in our private time. Not sure what to do or what to say. So prayer, our prayer time is a balance of worship, confession, thanksgiving, and petitions or are our needs, all right? It's just the, it's the balance of those. So if that's kind of what you do. You worship, 
you have a time of confession, thanksgiving, and then what's on your heart? You know, like what, what do you want to pray for? Do we pray out loud or to ourselves? How long do we pray? That's up to you. All right, you can pray out loud. You, when you drive down the street, you see people talking to themselves all the time, right? Nobody thinks anything about it. You know, they got their AirPods in. So if you wanna, if you wanna pray out loud, that's up to you. I probably pray out loud, but probably with a whisper. I think I'm always talking, but I'm not speaking very, you know, very loud. And then how long do I pray? That would be up to you. You know, what? How much time do you have? What's the burden on your heart? You know, what's the what's the burden? How you know, like sometimes we need to pray until we just feel that release, you know, from you know from the Lord. So that's relative. It doesn't have to be hours. It can be a few minutes. You know, just that's that's really up to you. There's not a right or wrong on that. Here's a good question: How do I pray when I never have a moment to myself? All right. This question came anonymously from one of my staff members that has triplets. All right. So. <clears throat> I think his exact sentence was, how do you have a quiet time when your house is never quiet? Okay? So sometimes there are distractions, but sometimes you just got to plow through those. If you're ever going to go, I'm going to wait until I pray, until all the work's done around the house, and the kids are quiet, and I just have this free time that just emerges, you'll never pray. So sometimes you just got to make that time. He just said, <laughs> when they're screaming, I just have to scream louder when I pray. So sometimes, you know, you, you just have to kind of make that moment for yourself. So helpful tips, pray, don't spend all your time singing, okay? So worship is important, but also praying and having a focused time of prayer. It's the next part. Have a focused time of prayer each day. So we're not just, you know, going through the moment, but, but we want to focus on, on what we need to pray about. What are the burdens on our heart? Learn to hear God's voice in the scripture and when you pray. So this is not about just you talking to God. There are moments through the scripture that God is speaking to you. Be sensitive to those moments. There are moments when you are praying and you are worshiping that God is speaking to you. I want you to be sensitive to this moment. This isn't a, a, a one-person act here. You are in the audience of the king of glory, and there are times that God will speak to you and reveal things to you as well. He's not absent in the moment. He said, when you pray, what you do in secret, I'm going to re reward you. I'm going to bless you. A Brent worship team, you can come. Some resources that you have on your card, it's the Pray First app, and it will walk you. It's got some guided plans, you know, just some plans that you can go down and, and pray. Another, it, uh, it's, it's at the resource table. It's a prayer guide that we, we produce every year. All kinds of prayer outlines for your family, singles, missionary, lost friends and families, prayers for spiritual growth. It's got an outline for the Lord's Prayer, the prayer of Jabez, how to pray an hour. If you don't have one of these, you need to get one of these. Because again, when it's time to pray, we need some focused and intense prayer. We don't need to waste our time there. When it's time to pray, we need to drill down and that we need to pray. A couple other resources, all right? Fuel 15, we put it out every month, all right? It is a devotional resource for you guys that includes worship playlists, uh, age-appropriate scripture reading recommendations, books, devotional. It's on our website. It's on our app. We send that out on email. We try to put tools in your hand each month, all right, so that you can, you know, that can, that can help you in your private, your worship time. And then also the last one is our connections class, okay? So this is a five-section, six-video training that equips you to follow Jesus, grow in your faith, connect to the church, discover your gifts, and serve. All the notes, the printed notes are at guest service. If you'll see Kelsey after church, she'll hand you that. She'll sign you up. She'll give you the link. They're all kind of on YouTube. You can watch them at your convenience. You can fill in the blanks. And we, we believe this is a video journey that can help you help you in your faith. Okay? So, so we've given you every kind of resource. We've talked about what Jesus said. He said, follow me. But here's how I want you to follow me. I want you to worship. I want you to read scripture. I want you to pray, okay? There's a benefit to that. Now listen, we can give you every resource in the world, but there's a part that you've got to realize, you know what? 
I need those moments in my life. I need those moments in my life. Maybe you're new, you're a young adult, and you've never, outside of a congregation, maybe you've never had a moment or moments that you spend with the Lord. I want to challenge you this afternoon or maybe tomorrow. I want you to find some time to spend with the Lord. Maybe you're one of those that I talked about. You've been in church for a long time, but maybe it's been a while since you've had regular devotional time. It's been a while since you've ever just kind of shut everything off, shut everything down, and just had a few minutes with you in Jesus. I want to tell you, there's one thing that you hear out of this series. You know, if you did one, just one, for me, it'd be this. It'd be this, okay? And I know we're busy. We have a lot of things going on. But I'm just telling you, there's a benefit back when you... When you get before the Lord, when you go to your prayer closet and you feel God's strength and you get directions for uh, questions that you have and there's peace and encouragement and you, you walk away and you feel closer to God. Plus, you are changing your world through the intercession <clears throat> of other people. There is a benefit and there is a blessing to you when you spend time with God regularly. Okay? So that's my encouragement. As we follow Jesus, I want to do this collectively as a church. So maybe if you've never had a regular worship time, or maybe it's been a long time, I want to say this. Start this way. Four times a week, 15 minutes a day. All right? Four times a week, 15 minutes a day. The first 10 minutes are worship. It can be a song, you know, whatever you want to do. And then it's prayer. And then the last five minutes is scripture reading, whatever your plan is. All right? It doesn't have to be long. But I want to say this week, I'm just not trying to do a series. I'm just trying to get us all following Jesus, getting closer to Jesus. So I want to encourage everyone this week, don't let this be the week that you don't have any devotion or minimal devotion. I want this time, this week, for you to go, you know what? I set aside some time. I put on some worship music and I prayed and I talked to the Lord and I read the scripture. Okay? I want to do that together as a church. Now, I'm not going to just talk to you about that moment, okay, and encourage you. We are about to have that moment here. We're going to have that moment here. So for the next few moments, as the worship team is playing, they're going to put scriptures. They're going to scroll scriptures on the screen. Nobody's going to say anything. Nobody's going to read. We're going to be fed by God's word. We're going to be strengthened by the word of the Lord, okay? Then when those scriptures are done, I'm going to come back. And on the screen, they're going to put five prayer points. And we're going to take a few minutes and pray. I'm not going to lead that prayer. I'm, they're just going to be up on the screen, and we're going to spend some time praying, all right, on, on your own. And then we're going to worship together at the end, okay? So this is the moment that I want you to recreate in your private time. We're going to do that together as a church, okay? Start with those scriptures. drop the house lights.
receive. Receive, receive, receive the word of the Lord. Okay, now let's pray. I'm not going to lead the prayer. I want you to pray. Lord 
worship him this morning we're going to sing that in just a moment but right now worship is about you this is your private moment just to express how you feel about God all across this building can we just worship him just worship him I'm just going to be quiet this is our own kind of private moment it's in public but right now we just want to worship we're going to sing in just a moment but right now we want to have just a moment of private worship let's do that now
we worship you. We worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, let's sing that again. Sing it again. Thank you, Lord. Day and night, night and day, let it sense arise. Day and night, night and day, let it sense arise. Day and night, night and Thank day, you, Lord. let it sense arise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Day and night, night and day, let Come on, sing that again. Sing it again. Day and night, night and day, let sin arise. Oh, day and night, night and day, let sin thank you. We thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So there it is. It's scripture reading. It's a few minutes of prayer. It's a few minutes of worship. Just uh, replicating that throughout your day. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.